Our scripture today comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6, verses 27 to 36. Hear now the word of God. But I say to you that, listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who, who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you, and if anyone takes away your goods, don't ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Because if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies, do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. In the story, Jesus says, "Love those who, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? If you give to those who you expect to give back, what credit is that to you? He uses that phrase three times. What credit is that to you? The word translated credit everywhere else in the New Testament is translated grace. What grace is that to you? If you give those who you expect to give back, what grace is that to you? The only place it's translated that way. Instead, do to others as you would have them do to you. The golden rule. Treat others the way you would like to be treated. My wife is hooked on a show. I don't mind to tell you, it's the Westmoreland's fault. The show is the Great British Bake Off. They recommended it. And she watched it, and then she didn't stop watching it. She watched all three seasons available on Netflix, and then I was responsible for finding more seasons somewhere on the Internet. It's a show where a group of British people gather together each week for a baking competition. Have people seen the Great British Bake Off? A handful, okay. This week it's cakes, next week it's cookies, then it's breads, and so on. And they're under this big tent, and they bake for two days straight. And we have competitive cooking shows here. We have lots of them, chopped, etc. Maybe you've seen those. They're cutthroat. They talk trash. They hope the other people mess up. But the Great British Bake Off is different. They cook on the weekends because most of the people still have a full-time job during the week. And at the end of the show, no one wins any money. The prize is literally a trophy and some flowers. We would never sign up for a competition like that. What's the incentive? To make matters worse or better, they're British. So when someone's, uh, this is not a joke, when someone's about to put something in the oven but they forgot to add an ingredient, the person will, behind them will say, you forgot the walnuts. 
or someone is rushing to finish on time but it isn't going to make it and someone else runs over to help them assemble their cake. I remember this moment. This person's cake was collapsing in the final minutes just before the judges were going to come up. And several people ran in and helped as it began to fall over. And I thought, it just isn't natural. (laughs) They're so nice. It's not the American way. The American way would be you see the cake falling and you quickly grab their attention so they don't notice. (laughs) Maybe the British or even the Canadians up north, eh? should be teaching us about the golden rule. In some ways, they seem to have a better grasp on that part of it. The golden rule. We teach it to children. We teach it to children because that's good advice when you're talking about sharing your toys. It's good advice when it means being polite on the playground or listening while others are talking. And we teach it to children because it helps you not be selfish or a bully. If you're treating others the way you'd like to be treated and you're riding that tricycle around like a madman because you're going to be the next Lance Armstrong minus the doping scandal and someone else really wants that tricycle, you're going to put your career ambitions on hold, park it, and hand it over. Because if you were in their shoes, that's what you'd want them to do. If you're treating others the way you'd like to be treated and you see that kid across from you as mom packed him carrot sticks and almonds and a quinoa salad, unless that other kid is my wife, you're going to slide that poor soul half of your brownie. Because if you were in their shoes, that is what you would want them to do. Save me from this health craze. Do to others as you would have them do to you. And we teach it to children because we know that so much of the value in life It's about how you treat others. The heroes of every society are women and men who sacrifice for the good of others. It's military veterans who put their time and their lives on the line to protect the interests and freedoms of those at home because if they had been in those shoes. It's educators who take a stand for a kid, take a risk on their future because if their kid was in those shoes, that's what they'd want to happen. It's parents who work to give their kid the affection or the discipline or the opportunities they wish that they had had when they were in their kid's shoes. Do to others as you would have them do to you. It's childlike in its simplicity. But it's the way that Jesus fleshes this out that gets me confused. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you, and if anyone takes away your goods, don't ask for them again. I think I sort of loved this when I was an idealistic 19-year-old. Sacrifice yourself for the good of others. Live with reckless abandon. And children can follow the golden rule because they're being taken care of. You give your neighbor half a brownie because you go home and your parents give you a snack. You trade the tricycle and you get to use it later. They can live that way because they're provided for. And as an idealistic 19-year-old, I wasn't responsible for anyone but myself. If I made those sacrifices, I wasn't risking not being able to take care of someone else. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. 
When was the first time you began to wonder if that was good advice? I first questioned whether or not this was good advice on a mission trip to Brazil. I gave a few dollars to the first child that begged from me. He looked so pitiful. And they took off running. And I was feeling pretty good about myself. Nice job, Brian. But then a couple minutes later, that kid came racing back with a sea of other children. Desperate eyes and dirty hands reaching out. And it was a horrifying sight on this street that was littered with garbage and concrete rubble from collapsed houses. They weren't even wearing shoes. And their faces looked frozen in this desperate plea. I was facing just a handful of the needy children in the world. But I could have given them every penny I had until I was broke. Sold everything I owned and given them all of that money too. And tomorrow they would have been poor again. Give to everyone who begs from you. Why? Working in New York City made me calloused to people begging for money. They'd be sitting or standing every couple blocks, and eventually you'd get to a point where you hardly noticed them. Your eyes slid over them like a piece of the scenery, walk around the trash can, step over the puddle, dodge the homeless person. And one night I had just finished a lock-in. It was a 30-hour fast ending in a lock-in, and I was hungry, and I was cranky, and I was exhausted. And I ran into Starbucks to get a coffee with an espresso shot and was headed back to the church for a service I had to be in. And a man was begging on the street and he made eye contact with me and asked for change. And I did what I always did. I had a routine. Pat the front pockets, pat the back pockets. Sorry, I don't have any cash. I ignored the $30 in my wallet. But as I was walking away, he snapped at me. You had enough to buy your fancy drink, didn't you? Do to others as you would have them do to you. Maybe I didn't need my coffee with an espresso shot. If I was in his shoes, I guess that's how I would have felt too. I don't know. Maybe he shouldn't have smelled so strongly of alcohol at 9 o'clock in the morning. I don't know. If I had all the money in the world, I guess it wouldn't have mattered. But I didn't. If you're wondering, I still don't. But at the time, I was working three jobs to pay for seminary, and I had just gotten engaged. In a few months, we'd need the money to pack up and move ourselves to wherever God was calling us. I was broke. I was working hard to have what I had. And the $30 in my wallet, that was for taking my fiancé on a date. Because I had responsibilities now. People to think of besides myself. I had an obligation to take care of my fiancé, an obligation to plan for our future. Which is where the rub with the golden rule is. It's one thing to do unto others as you would have them do unto you when you're five and your parents are taking care of you. It's one thing when you're 19 with no one depending on you, but when you have a family, when you have people at home, at work, in the community depending on you, it's different. You have a list of names you're responsible for. You could run through that list. You could list them. And it's not just money. It's time. It's mental energy. It's patience. It's generosity. 
they're all limited resources. And we need to make sure we have enough for the people we're responsible for. Micah and I used to go overseas or commit to working at a camp for the summer at the drop of a hat. But now we have this church. You all are our list. So we have to decline invitations. When Jesus says, give to everyone who begs of you, and I've got some guy begging for my time in compassion, sometimes, just sometimes, I'm thinking, no offense, man, but you're not on my list. We have people that we're responsible for, and they come first. Can I tell you something? That's in the Bible, too. Paul was training this guy named Timothy to be a pastor, and he's writing him letters. And in this letter, he says, Whoever does not provide for his relatives, and especially for their family members, has completely denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Christianity is not a pie-in-the-sky thing. The golden rule isn't just be crazy. Paul says, you have responsibilities, and those come first. That's what's expected. It's required. If you don't do that, you're worse than an unbeliever. The golden rule is something else. It's raising the bar. Some groups avoid raising the bar. Don't set the bar too high. If the bar is too high, your employees will get angry. If the bar is too high, people will get discouraged. If the bar is too high, no one will show up. But here we have this language of excess, being gracious to those who don't deserve it, which is a marvelous idea, but not where anybody lives, not in the world where we have real responsibilities. And yet, Jesus says, do unto others as you would have them do to you. He clearly knows that we'll need some justification because he keeps going. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? What grace is that to you? The word grace, it means gift. A gift that only God can give. If you love those who love you, what do you expect from God? That's what you should be doing. If you give to those who are going to pay you back, what gift do you expect from God for doing that? That's what you should be doing. Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. Don't set the bar so low that the jerk at work is clearing it. Don't set the bar so low that there isn't any sacrifice or effort in following God. Instead, once you've taken care of your list, look around and put yourself in someone else's shoes. We teach children to follow the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do to you, but then we grow out of it. For some of us, life has beaten it out of us. So when did you first start to wonder if it was good advice at all? My guess is it was about when you got your list. People you were responsible for and needed to take care of. But that's exactly why this is in here. Because those children in Brazil, they are on God's list. But are they on anyone else's list? If I was in their parents' shoes, what would I want a stranger from the United States to do? 
Because that homeless man on the street giving me grief for my coffee is on God's list. Treat him as I'd like to be treated. Let me pull these pieces together. Look at this. The reason a child can follow the golden rule is because they trust their parents to provide. Give your neighbor a brownie because you can go home and you'll get a snack. You could take a risk on hanging out with that kid at the playground because your parents are going to take care of you, whatever happens. You could jump from the top of the stairs because someone's going to catch you at the bottom. The only reason, the only reason you have for following the golden rule is if God is going to take care of us. When God takes care of us, he equips us to take care of others. And don't misunderstand. I'm not saying we should have childish responses. That man on the street giving me grief for my coffee was on God's list. Treat him as I'd like to be treated. That would not include giving him money to indulge his addiction. It might mean telling him off for being rude. Because when I'm being rude, I want someone else to tell me. It might mean putting him in touch with the homeless outreach minister at my church. It might mean taking him to coffee and hearing about his life. What grace is it to you if you love those who love you? What do you expect from God for doing that? Instead, trust that God will take care of you. You can still give your neighbor a brownie because God will provide for you. You can still jump from the top of the stairs because God will catch you. The golden rule can sound childish. But only when our answers are childish. It still stands. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And when you do, you'll receive a gift. The gift of grace. So I want to end just with this question. Who isn't on your list that should be? Who is on God's list that he wants on yours? Because he's not impressed when you love the people who love you. But when you love the unloved, God will do something that you cannot. He will fill your life and he will fill your house with grace. He will fill your life and your family with grace. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. It's as simple as that. Will you pray with me? Lord God, the world is a complex and challenging place, and you know the many obligations that all of us carry, financial obligations of time, obligations of work, obligations of family. In the midst of it all, we forget to take care of your children who are unloved and unnoticed. Open our eyes to provide for them as we would want to be provided for. And as we do, Lord, we remember your promise that you will fill us and our homes with grace. Give us the courage to follow. In Jesus' name, amen.